Chopstick is part of the Getting Here podcast network. Life is better when we're all together. Hey, and welcome back to Popstick. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so glad that you could join us. I'm Jeff. And you'll notice that Josh didn't jump in there. It is spring break where we are, and Josh is in New Orleans. And he is working with a college group that is doing some mission work there. And so I miss him very much. But don't you worry if you come to Popstick to hear the sultry sounds of Josh's voice and some of his great insights into things. He is participating today. He just did it separately from me. So I'm sitting here awkwardly talking to myself in my room instead of hanging out with a buddy. But... I am so glad that you're here, and we are going to continue talking about what we were planning on before Josh and I realized, like, oh, man, we, we're not going to record together, but that's okay. So let's talk about what's coming out in March. Kind of a quieter month after last month that had some gigantic games drop. Horizon Forbidden West is just doing great out there. Elden Ring apparently has just taken over everything. I don't know if you found the Elden Ring, if you're one of those people, but it's out there and you got to find it and it's just doing great. At the beginning of the month on March 4th, PlayStation had their their big hit, Gran Turismo 7. I think this one has like 420 cars that you can... You can find, and if you're a casual racer, you can do casual racing. If you're a hardcore racer, you can tune them and and make it as difficult as you want to get close to a simulation or, or closer than in some games. So that that's beautiful and looks incredible. On March 16th, a game called Tunic came out for PC and Xbox. And Tunic, very much inspired by Zelda... It's an isometric action game where you play as this cute little fox that's stranded on a mysterious beach, and you move beyond the sand to explore a very hostile and intricately connected world. It looks beautiful. There's puzzles, items, long-lost secrets. I'm, I'm very interested in this one. If I ever get an Xbox that works, I want to play it. Maybe I'll just end up getting it on PC. Then at the end of this month, March 25th, two games coming out of the same day. If you're a Switch owner and you are a Kirby fan, then Kirby and the Forgotten Land comes out for Switch. It is, you know, a new 3D platformer that's set in this mysterious world. It looks looks pretty fun. I, Kirby envelops a car at one point and seems to be driving. And then if you are a Borderlands fan... There is a game coming out for PC, PlayStation, and Xbox on the 25th called Tiny Tina's Wonderland. It is a co-op action RPG that borrows many elements from Borderlands. But instead of having like gazillions of guns, they have kind of more high-powered, whimsical, wonderful weaponry. You'll create kind of a multi-class hero. It's a first-person adventure and loot, shoot, slash. It looks really fun. I think I think if you really enjoyed Borderlands, it'll be good. Also, the voice casting, it's like Will Arnett, Andy Samberg, lots of voices that that you are familiar with. So it looks like it could be fun. And then in what has become a regular update, our Wordle corner for uh, our video gaming section, you could also play Worldle, a geography-based guessing game. So Worldle, it's W-O-R-L-D-L-E. Worldle gives you just a country. It'll just show you just the outline of a country. And you have to guess within six tries what country it is just by the shape of the country. 
And it might be the whole country or it might be a territory, things like that. So it's, it's very difficult, very fun, but it gives you hints. You put in a guess and then it'll give you an arrow pointing in the direction, the actual answer. And it'll tell you how many miles or kilometers. If you're outside the United States, if you, you want to do kilometers, it'll tell you how far away you are from the right answer. And it's very enjoyable if you need something else to do besides Wordle or Nerdle or something like that. Lots of fun things to do. Lots of fun games. Josh and I, before we realized that we wouldn't record together, we had picked our theme for this month, and we really wanted to talk about indie games, which are, that's just short for independent video game. But the reason that indie games are so fun, and really, just like when we talked about platformers, Josh and I could talk about platformers every time, we really could talk about indie games too, because there's just such a wide variety and they're so fun. I know I have so many favorites. I know Josh has a lot of favorites. He's brought a really fun video game that I'm going to let him talk about, and then I've got one that I want to talk about. But just for those of you not familiar, an indie game is it's usually a video game that's created by individuals or a smaller development team. They don't have the financial or technical support of a large game publisher. Kind of like it's not a triple A game, essentially. The indie term can also be where the development of the game has some measure of independence from a publisher, even if the publisher is going to help put it out and distribute it. So they give a more creative freedom. And so it might not just be this tiny group. It might be a company that makes big games, but they're letting a group kind of have some independence and they're able to explore video games to produce these very unique experiences. They're focused on innovation, experimental gameplay, and they take risks that maybe the big games you don't, you don't see. I mean, we're going to get a Call of Duty every year. We're going to get another release of Grand Theft Auto which is the same game that's been coming out for 10 years. And I make that joke because the new Grand Theft Auto, oh wait, not the new, GTA 5 came out again this month for Xbox Series X and PlayStation 5, which you had to buy again. They did not let you upgrade. Nonsense. Indie games allow companies to try new things. It's a combination of numerous factors, including technical, economic, and social concepts that make indie games, you know, less expensive to make and distribute. And it helps, you know, a lot of them will be digital. There won't be like a hard copy version of it because the digital ones are more visible to larger audiences. They're offered in non-traditional gameplay from current mainstream games. Like you'll see a lot of them just, you know, on Steam or you'll see them in the PlayStation store, or the Xbox store, and you can't get a physical copy of it, but they, they, they'll still be wildly popular, really fun, all sorts of different types of games. Probably the biggest indie game that's, you know, doesn't feel like an indie game now, but it started as an indie game was Minecraft. You know, one guy doing some coding turns into this, you know, huge, wildly successful video game. But there are others like Braid, Super Meat Boy, Shovel Knight, Undertale, Cuphead. Those are all considered indie games. So with that big introduction, I would like to have Josh go first. And so Josh, from hundreds of miles away and from a different time that I'm recording right now, what do you have for us? Hey guys, this is Josh and I love you. At the time of this recording, I will be out of town, but hopefully by the time you are hearing this, I will have returned back home. Jeff came up with a great solution that allows me to participate this week, and I am so very glad that I get to talk about one of my favorite indie games, which also happens to be one of my all-time favorite games. And I know I say that about most of the games that I talk about on the show, but I, I promise you, I really, really love this game. The game that I'm bringing this week 
is Hollow Knight. Hollow Knight follows the adventures of a character called the Knight as he explores the depths of the world known as the Hollow Nest. All the inhabitants of the Hollow Nest, including the Knight, are bug-like creatures that are both friendly and nefarious. The Hollow Knight has a wide variety of ecosystems and environments. There are locations like the Green Path that are lush gardens with tons of greenery and thorns. Then there's Crystal Peak, which is on the edge of the mountain, and it's covered with boulders and large pink crystals. And then as you get deeper into the Hollow Nest, the environment gets more and more creepy. Uh, like the Deep Nest, which is my least favorite place in the entire game. It is littered with spiders and webs and a constant, eerie, just chattering sound from insects that pop up around every corner. I don't like it. It's fabulous. Hollow Knight has a very specific art style. It's not quite Tim Burton-esque, but it kind of fits into a similar cute, creepy art style that I really don't know how to describe or quantify. Um, this art style is all the more amazing when you realize that it's all hand-drawn. It looks terrific. Uh, there are hundreds and hundreds of NPCs in this game, and all of their designs are completely unique. They are not recycled. The only time that a character model gets reused is for the enemies that kind of wander around the Hollow Nest, just the rank-and-file enemies. Um, but each NPC, with any ounce of dialogue or significant impact on the story, has a completely unique design that clearly communicates their motivation, their affiliation, and their goals. It's wonderful. They did such a terrific job. Uh, the, the team behind this game is called Team Cherry, and they have just made a beautiful, beautiful game. The story of Hollow Knight is really about how the knight uh, travels through the Hollow Nest. His ultimate goal is to find and destroy the titular Hollow Knight, who is slowly destroying the Hollow Nest with this thing called the Infection. Along the way, you will go through a comically large catalog of bosses and platform challenges. Some of these boss fights are very simple. Some of them are punishingly difficult. Uh, the game actually offers a few different endings depending on what uh, you wind up doing in the final boss encounter with the Hollow Knight. Uh, you can choose to just simply beat him, uh, and you can end the game right there, and that's great. Or you can do something a little extra that will unlock an additional second final boss fight that is far more challenging and even more punishing than the original Hollow Knight. I, I beat him once, I beat this final boss once, and it was so truly satisfying to overcome that final hurdle and get to the true ending of the game. Hollow Knight checks off so many boxes for me. Um, it's an action-adventure platformer, uh, which is known as a Metroidvania. It's a genre that I adore. I, I love when I can find another Metroidvania, and I'll talk more about what that uh, nonsense word means on a future podcast episode, but it just, it's an action adventure platformer. It's terrific. I love action adventure platformers. I specifically love side scrolling action adventure platformers, which is what Hollow Knight is. It's got tight controls. It is challenging without being unfair. And most importantly, it is so cheap. 
Hollow Knight can be purchased for PC, for Switch, PlayStation, or Xbox for just $15. It is so unbelievably cheap. It has a wealth of content. Team, Team Cherry, again, the indie studio that is behind this delightful masterpiece, came out with not one, not two, but three completely free content updates uh, that added additional combat challenges, areas to explore, and stories to uncover, all for free, completely free. $15 for Hollow Knight is a steal. You can get so many hours out of this game. I think you can easily, if you want to explore every inch of this game, uh, you could easily put in 100 hours on this game. All for 15 bucks. And even if you just mainlined the entire story and you just wanted to get to the end and you just wanted to fight the Hollow Knight, I think you could easily squeeze 20 hours out of it. You might even, might even get 30. But it is just, it's unbelievable how cheap this game is. So if you like side scrolling platformers like Metroid or Zelda 2, or if you like Dark Souls, there are so many Dark Souls comparisons to this game. Or if you like cheap games, because games are now becoming $70 for all the AAA studio games. Or if you just like really beautiful scenery with tons and tons of character. Or you like, you know, funny NPCs. If you like, I mean, there are so many things about this game to enjoy. You should absolutely check out Hollow Knight. I promise you, I've never met a single person who has played Hollow Knight and who has hated it. Everybody loves this game who plays it. It is fantastic. You should check it out. It's wonderful. That's my spiel. Jeff, thank you so much for setting this up and for doing all of the episode editing. You do so much work. You continue to do a fabulous job. I love you. I'm Josh, and I love all of you as well. And I will see you next week, same bat time, same bat channel. Goodbye. I love you. Bye-bye. Well, thank you, Josh. I appreciate that. And you are very kind. I very much enjoy the editing and putting things together. But it's it, I, I miss the hanging out and talking about this and being able to see you while we talk about it. But Hollow Knight is such a cool fun game. It's got such a different, and I like the way you said it. It's not quite Tim Burton-esque, but it's really close. I think people will find it charming and it's kind of tough so you can play it and enjoy. So I, I appreciate what you had to say about it. I am bringing a very different type of game than that one. And that's what makes indie games so fun is that there's just a wild variety that you can play. And so I brought a puzzle game and it is beautiful. It is very calming. And it is one that I play almost like turn-based. It's almost like you're playing a board game by yourself online. And I know for some people that does not sound fun at all, but when you're tired, when you're stressed, it, it's pretty fantastic. So this game was developed by Takana Interactive, which is a, a group that was developed by game design students from Berlin. So this is a German-style game, and or a Euro-style game, really. And they originally made it for something called the Ludum Dare Gam, uh, Game Jam, which is where programmers and artists would work together to create their own game. 
So this game is called Dorfromantik, and that's D-O-R-F-R-O-M-A-N-T-I-K, Dorfromantik, and I'm sure I'm butchering it. But in German, that means village romanticization. And it is a game where you very quickly realize you are building villages, but you are doing it one hexagon-shaped tile at a time. And these hexagons, they pop up in the bottom right-hand corner, and they've got different elements on them. It might be fields, it might be buildings, it might be trees, it might be water, it might just be an open uh, grassy plain, or it might be railroad. And so in this strategy game, there is no competition, or there's no combat, there's no rush, there's no head-to-head competition, But really what it is, is this relaxing city or village simulator with a calming soundtrack, very beautiful colors, and these very satisfying little clicks and sounds when you place tiles down. And what you're trying to do is keep playing and getting tiles. So what happens is you start with a stack of 50 tiles. And as you accomplish these tasks that pop up on screen, you get five more tiles. Or if you create, if you place tiles down and you connect all the right elements on a, on a tile. So if houses touch houses and trees touch trees and water touches water, you can get what's called a perfect placement. And a perfect placement is worth more points than regular and you get one more extra tile. So during the game, you're trying to complete these quests get perfect placements, and just keep the game going with more and more tiles. The longer you do it, the higher your score. And at the end, your score is put into a global leaderboard, and you can kind of see your position as you as you play through. But really, that's not the point. You're just trying to keep the game going as long as possible. When you lose, or when you run out of tiles, really, because you're not losing, you're having a good time, it's fun, it's pretty. When you run out of tiles, you have the option to continue building in creative mode, and you can just keep building your village as long as you want, and you don't have to keep score, there is no score. Or you can start over with one single hexagonal tile in the middle, and you grow from there again. It is so charming. It is so fun. It is just one of those where you play it, and if if it if it connects with you, you're going to love it. And I understand that it, maybe not everyone loves it, but it is it is wonderful. Now, I will say the game is in early access. It's supposed to have a full release sometime this year, uh, quarter one, quarter two. We're getting close to quarter two. But even in this early access, it is totally worth the price. It's very cheap on Steam. I don't even remember. I, I, I mean, it's less than $10. And so for something that you can put time into and have fun just building, if you like city builders, if you like puzzle games, it is well worth the time to play. It's relaxing. I, I hope that you understand that I, I get that if you are highly competitive, this might not be for you. But if you're somebody who just needs a moment or you you want to just play very calmly, it is perfect. The team is trying to make more content prior to the game's official launch. So I'm very curious to see what they add. But as of right now, if you can get the game for under $10 on Steam, it is it is well worth it to play on your PC. I don't think it takes a monster computer to run. It's very pretty, but it's not you know, not eating up just a ton of bandwidth. So you should be able to play and and enjoy. 
So if you start playing Dorf Romantic, I'd love to see your villages. Send me pictures of what what you're able to create. I want to see those forests and and green fields and farmland and water. I want to see it all put together because I'm I'm loving it. I'll try to find a picture of some of mine uh, and, and post them out there. So, but that is just an indie game that I've been enjoying that I've been playing recently and and that have found it to be very rewarding. I know Josh really loves and feels passionate about Hollow Knight. What indie games do you love? What are some of those games that you have played that maybe you only got digitally? You know, it's not available in a in a disc or a cartridge. Something that you play that you love. Reach out to us. Let us know. If you're playing any of the other big games that came out in February or if you're enjoying anything in March, please tell us. We love hearing those stories. We love hearing what you have to say. You can reach out to us on Instagram at popstick. You can also email us popstick at gmail.com. So I know that this is a this is a short episode, but again, Josh is gone, so it's it's just me sitting talking by myself. I hope it wasn't too awkward. I hope you got some fun out of this, made you think about some indie games. And if you've never played either of those, I hope you'll give them a shot, whether you're playing Josh's Hollow Knight or my the Dorf Romantic, or just play some games and tell us about it. We love talking about it. We love we love hearing about what you're doing. If you have any questions, don't forget to send them our way. They don't just have to be about video games, pop culture in general, or life in general. We enjoy those too. And hopefully when Josh and I get back together, we can do those. Thank you for joining us this week. I'm so glad you're here. Josh, I'm so glad that you were able to record and send in your audio. Thank you so much for doing that. He did that super late at night after a long day of doing mission work and then going to a basketball game. That dude is unstoppable. So it was so great to be able to get that in so he didn't miss time together and we're able to put out content for you. We hope to see you again next Friday or whenever you listen to this. Send us a message. So glad you're here. Can't wait to talk to you about it, whether it's online or in person. I'm Jeff and I'm missing Josh. And this has been Popstick. Goodbye.